in chapter 17. Big picture for the year is that we're talking about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we believe God is on about with his church around the world right now. It's not just a matter of a few people doing the ministry. It's everyone. We're a kingdom of priests. Specifically for this year, we're talking about being word and spirit, fully word, fully spirit. So we're doing a theology class on Wednesday nights beginning in March. You'll hear more about that. I brought some things to have you actually sign up for that if you wanted to today, but we'll save that for uh, another time, simply because I'm too excited about the Word today. Uh, But with that on Wednesdays, we're focusing on Sundays growing in the Spirit. And this last uh, few weeks of January, we've specifically been talking about our identity in Christ, which is a preface to what we're going to be doing, a series on growing in the Spirit. Today, I want to talk about moving into glory. So, starting in John 17, let's pray. Well, we just acknowledge that it's your Spirit who leads us into truth. And that in you, Holy Spirit, there's a place of safety, security, that you are the expression of the love of the Father to us. We invite you to do what you want to do, but we also say we open our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. John 17, 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. That word glory in Greek is doxa. It means praise, honor, glory, splendor, value. It's actually talking about what makes something worthwhile. The glory that you've given to me, I've given to them. It's actually the Greek translation of the Hebrew word kabod, which literally means heavy or weight. And it talks about the uh, worth or value or something or the intrinsic worth, the actual weight of God. So when you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about who God is, the actual presence of God, the glory, the weight, the value. And Jesus says, the glory you've given me, I've given to them. That's why I need to diet. (laughs) I got my weight from Jesus. No, sorry. It has nothing to do with it. Exodus 24. I told you I struggled being serious. Exodus 24, 17. says, the sight of the glory of the Lord, that's kabod, or the weight of God, was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Over in 33, verse 18, same word. Says, and he said, please show me your glory. He's actually saying, show me your value, your worth, who you are. 
the essence of who you are. Show me your glory. Back over in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 10, it says, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons and daughters, read that in there, to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Captain, that means leader, the one who goes in front. What Jesus was doing was bringing many sons and daughters into glory. I want to talk about moving into glory. The same glory that he has, that God gave him, he is giving to us. He is bringing us into something. So the same glory, the same value, worth, honor that Jesus has, he's bringing to us. What I want you to catch this morning is that that is the glory of being sons and daughters. Our value, our worth is based on relationship, not performance. Our value is that we come into the same value that Jesus has in that he is the son of God. We become sons and daughters and it's not what we do, but it's who we're related to. Mary and I lived in an island in the Pacific for a while. We were with Youth with a Mission, and we planted a uh, base there. And uh, one of the things with the island mentality is that value is based on how closely you're related to the chief or the king of the tribe, not based on what you do. Now, being from a Western culture, our value tends to be based on our performance, And so there, it's totally different. I was standing in line at the hardware store, and a guy finished in front of me, and I stepped up to the counter to pay for my things, and the guy there just turned and walked away. And I think, okay, he had to go get something, so I stood there for a little bit, and the guy behind me said, he won't be back for an hour and a half. I said, what do you mean? He said, he's gone to lunch. I said, but I was standing here. He said, Yeah. And one of the friends told me that, see, in our culture, if your car has a problem and you're trying to repair it on Sunday afternoon, you will work on it because you know you have to get to work on Monday. In island culture, where we lived, if the guy's working on his car on Sunday afternoon and someone comes to visit him, he'll just leave it. Relationship is more important. But how's he going to get to work on, on Monday? He's not. He doesn't care. But see, if Tim were working on his car on Sunday afternoon and he had to get to work on Monday and I came to his house, Tim would invite me to help him work on his car. I'd get my head under the hood with him, but we would get the job done because that's our whole perspective is performance. We're valued for what we do. I have to be at work. There, you don't have to be at work. <laughs> What's this place? Hey, I'm the cousin of the chief. I don't have to go to work. Totally different, huh? 
hard for us to grasp. Romans 9, verse 23. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which is prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he called. Not the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. And he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. And, I will come to and it will come to pass in the place where I said to them, you are not my people, that they shall be called sons of the living God. There's something that has to happen in our hearts to realize that our value isn't based on what the world values. It's based on something totally different. 1 Corinthians, sorry, Colossians 1, not 1 Corinthians, Colossians 1, 27, to whom God willed, he may known what are the riches of his glory. Same word again. Of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's something about understanding that we're coming to this place of relationship with God that changes how we view ourselves. My value is no longer in what I produce. My value is in who I'm related to. Now, back to John 17, where Jesus said, the glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. What are, how does one come into glory? It comes to this, when I understand my value comes from my relationship with God, I understand Tim's value comes from relationship with God. Not for what he does for me. Not for his performance. And so we can have this unity because we value each other in Jesus. I get excited. That's why my voice gets, goes up and I yell. <laughs> Moving into glory is much more about a change of perspective and heart belief than it is about an experience. We've often talked about the glory of God as if it were an experience. The Shekinah glory. The word Shekinah comes from a Hebrew word that isn't in the Bible anywhere. Oh. It comes from the word that is used for tabernacle, which means dwelling. So when people refer to Shekinah glory, they talk about the dwelling of the presence of God. Okay, so sometimes we think that if I go to a place where God's presence dwells, I'll have an experience. Let me tell you, God's presence dwells in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now that doesn't mean that we never experience something of the presence of God. We can experience the presence or the weight of God. Sometimes in the presence of God, I'm overcome. My emotions are overcome and I end up crying or laughing or Twice in my life, I've literally felt something of the weight of the presence of God. Someone was praying for me, and I felt not a negative, but I just felt this heaviness almost pushing me into the ground. 
Another time I was actually at a conference. Someone was prophesying over me of something God was saying of changing shoes and moving from normal shoes to running shoes to hiking shoes, taking mountains. And I felt such a weight of God, I literally could not stand up. And I felt a heat like I was going to burn up. Sometimes we pray, God, send your fire. And I pray, oh, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> we can experience that. But what I want to say is this. Feeling emotional or heavy is not the goal. It's the byproduct. That's not moving into the glory. If it doesn't produce a changed perspective and a greater intimacy with God, it was just an experience. And I can go from experience to experience without actually being changed in how I see myself and how I see others. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's something when that becomes what we're looking for. I want to have some experience. I want to have some emotion. A friend was telling me about uh, someone that they actually literally changed their whole focus of doing church because they would have people come forward for ministry, and often God would overpower them. That's how it started. But after a number of years, somebody came, and, and as this guy went to pray for him, the guy turned and looked behind him. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just looking to see where I'm going to fall. And the guy went, okay, the focus isn't on Jesus. It's on falling. I had a friend I told you before who uh, led a church in South Africa. and He had a hunger for God. He spent hours praying, and, but he had no clue. You know, He ended up leading this church because he led about 300 students to the Lord. He was a teacher. And there was a move of God. And he had been seeking God and didn't know what to do. But one Sunday, as he got up to preach, he was sharing. And he just went, you know, God wants to flow like a river. And he did this. And the whole first three rows just flew backwards. And he was shocked. Everybody was shocked. They didn't fall over. They literally flew backwards. And uh, the drummer, who was a friend of mine, who was there, ran, ran forward to, to see what was happening. And he got two steps from the drums and said like he hit a wall and ended up thrown against the back, literally against the wall, slid down. Nobody got hurt, but there was something of a presence of God. People ran to the front to get saved. That continued for about two years. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my friend and said, you've experienced something of the power, now I want you to teach the truth of the word. And he said, from then, there was no manifestations. He said, it was funny how people had begun to come looking for some sort of manifestation. Rather than looking for change, perspective. So there's something in moving into the glory that means putting off performance. Not about what we do. In Col back in Colossians in chapter 3, from verse 9, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, 
according to the image of him who created him. There's something of putting off the old. The values of the world that dictate that we're only valuable if we produce. We're only valuable if we perform. Some of you, see, there's a dilemma here in what I'm talking about because I'm talking about the kingdom, but the world functions differently. Those of you who work in the world, you know it's about performance. You have key performance indicators that you have to achieve. But the problem is when that slides over into the church, it becomes about religious performance. If I do these right things, God will accept me or love me or God will use me. If I fast enough, that's not if I'm fast enough. If I talk really fast, that God could use me because I'm fast enough. No, if I, sometimes we have this idea that if I do certain things, I earn something of the anointing or the presence of God. We've all heard, I, I met a guy who was, in, this is in South Africa years ago, and this guy had an incredible anointing, but people said, oh, you know, he fasts 40 days every year. As if this is how you get the anointing. And so there were a whole lot of people in South Africa who were going to fast 40 days so they would have this same anointing. And they fasted 40 days, and you know what? They lost weight. But they had no more anointing. Now, I'm not saying that fasting is bad. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I actually had challenged us all at the first Sunday of the year to set some time aside to fast on a weekly basis, whether it's a meal or a day or a social media or something, not because we're earning God's favor, but there's something about saying, God, I have a hunger for you and your spirit that I will actually forego something that is a benefit to my flesh. You know that God made you to eat? It's amazing. He made us with taste buds. Why did he do that? He didn't have to. You could eat something that sustains you that has absolutely no taste at all. But we have all this creativity of stuff around us because that's who God is. He says, hey, it's great. I like it that you enjoy the food I've created. There's nothing wrong with eating. Fasting isn't saying, I'm going to overcome this eating. No, it's simply saying, God, I have a hunger for the spirit more than for the flesh. And so for, for this thing, I'm going to put aside for this time. Let me tell you, if you're going to fast, pray. Because if you don't pray, you're just going hungry. But this dilemma that we face in putting off performance is that this is the way of the world. You can't put it off in the world. But you can when it comes to our relationship with God. Why is this important? Because as we're growing and moving in the Spirit, which is the goal for, goal for every believer, we need to understand it's a privilege to partner with God. It's not a performance. Our identity. 
if I pray for somebody and they get healed, that doesn't mean I'm more spiritual or better or God likes me more than he likes Johan. Probably work the, work the other way around. He'd pray for them and they'd get healed. I wouldn't. There are times when God moves in spite of us and not because of us. We have this subtle thing. We're going to talk about it in about two months' time. But the subtle thing that if we know the right methods and do all the right things, somebody will get healed. And it puts this huge pressure. If I have enough faith and if I say the right things and if I do the right things and if I fasted enough and if I've done all this stuff enough, then somebody will get healed. We want to get free of that so that as we move in the things of the Spirit. We're going to spend some time in worship in just a moment. This has been a short one today, intentionally. But I want to actually ask you to do something. I don't normally do this. But I'm going to actually ask you to speak some things out. If you just bow your head. You don't have to. You're not earning God's favor if you do. But I think there's some times when we have to respond to the word. And I want to develop a culture that we respond to the word immediately. So I'm going to ask you to do three things. First is to renounce the values and the identity of the world. What does that mean? It simply means that we declare out loud, I renounce the values and the identity of the world. My identity will not be based on what the world says is important. Think about that for a second. If you can, just declare that with me. I now renounce the values and the identity of the world. My value is not based on what the world says is valuable. But I'm a son or a daughter of God. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do is break off performance. That you will actually take authority and break off the performance thing. Whether you've been part of a church, religious institution, that made performance an important thing, whatever it is, it affects almost all of us because it's the culture that we live in. And it creeps into the church and we don't recognize that it's not the kingdom because it's what we've experienced. So I'm gonna ask you to, to say once again with me that you break off performance right now. In Jesus' name, I break off performance and religious duties in the name of Jesus. And then lastly, a decision on our part to move into glory. That my value is going to be based on being a son or daughter of God. Now that's not something you can just say. But you make a decision now to do that. We're going to spend a few minutes in worship. I believe there's something of the Holy Spirit wanting to touch people. I believe we're going to experience something of the glory of God. Not because we've done anything right. Simply because we're releasing ourselves.
to find our value in him. Would you stand?